Let's do it. <clears throat> Ready? Gonna start at uh, 12 Set. seconds for the 12th episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, Whoa. you can see the clock now, Doug. Scared. Ten, nine, eight, seven, yeah. six, five, four, three, two, one. Ooh. Afterthoughts is back. Let's go. Episode 12. Happy Halloween. Yes. This is a spooky episode spooky. already. Pretty I'm cool. Scared. We got props, special effects. And everyone is so thrilled that Afterthoughts has returned, guys. We're back. The amount of people who asked about it was shocking. In uncountable. Dozens. At least dozens. Mm -hmm. At least dozens. Yes. Uh, welcome back, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Hope e. you've been well these past I've few been, weeks. I've been doing just fine. And Doug, also with you. Oh, and also with you. Thank you. Thank e. you. Jacob, mm -hmm. you, you, ha <laughs> you happy to be back, dude? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> I was trying to say two things at once. Oh, yeah. Kayla. Hi. I'm back. <laughs> So many people missed questions. With oh, Kayla. yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, I just said so many people, not necessarily us. Just kidding. We love questions uh, with Kayla. Uh, Happy Halloween. What are you guys dressed up as over there? Why don't you tell everyone? Uh, I'm wearing a white hoodie. So that's really nice. Freaky. A snowboarder. Yeah, a, a ghost. snowboarder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, ghost. Go. a ghost. My Jay shirt or sweatshirt does have a ghost on it. So there you go. I oh, went. Jacob is dressed up, dressed up as the producer of Afterthoughts. Wow, wow. that's producer. a really good costume. Wow. Yeah, we went, cool, we went big this year with our costumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. <laughs> so this is the special edition <laughs> Halloween episode. <laughs> as you can see, we went all out. <laughs> Doug, what are your kids being? Um, Will is a stormtrooper. Yes, and Kinsley uh, for the second year in a row is Elsa. <laughs> Dude. Got a slightly bigger Elsa dress. Uh -huh. Popular costume. Very popular costume. Lady. Lots yeah. of Spideys and Elsas out yep. there. Uh -huh. uh, Spider-Man left my house this morning to go to school. Let's go. Oh, he worked at school. He sure did. Good yep. for him. Yep. That school's in good hands today. Yeah. What about Ray? He's gonna be uh, Baby Shark. Baby <laughs> Shark. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'll awesome. try to get some photos in time for the export for Jacob to put up. Yep. Maybe you can get some too. Yep. 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 That's hilarious. Is Baby Shark your favorite song? Oh, yeah. Should we sing it? No. Uh, speaking of Stormtroopers, you guys went yeah. to Disney. Sure did. did, man. Yeah, last week we were in Orlando, which is why we didn't have an Afterthoughts podcast. That's right. Um, and it was, uh, it was awesome. Brought Dude. my kids for the very first time and got to experience it through them. Mm. And it was, it was incredible. Experiencing Star Wars land. I think land with Will. Technically called Galaxy's Edge. Right. Galaxy's so Edge. Cool. Star Wars land was so Makes, cool, man. More on the nose. That first off, it's amazing. And second on the second off to see it through the eyes of a five year old who's super into Star Wars. Yeah. That was just special. Probably man. trying to decipher if it was real or not. It's I mean, I'm still trying to decipher if it was real or not. Totally, man. They have the Millennium Falcon or Falcon. Falcon. Careful. Careful with that. Falcon. But that's what everybody in Star like Wars falcon calls on it. my shirt. I'm a falcon for Halloween. Highlands Ranch Falcons. Highlands what? Highlands Ranch. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. We, the whole time walking through there, because it was you, me, Sam, my wife, and then Will, my five-year-old son. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I remember saying to you at the end of the night, because you can get, in, in this day and age, with everything on the news and the amount of terrible things that happen... 
it kind of gets you down on just humanity. Like the yeah. world is way more messed up and you learn that yeah. a little bit more every year, but then you go to Galaxy's Edge and I remember saying to you, I'm like, Ryan, humans did this. So this is cool, what man. we can do. Yeah. Restores a little faith. Yeah, humanity. it restores a little faith in you. It's throw so our cool. creativity toward like fun things and productive things and yeah, cool, cool things. Yeah. We can actually make some very cool, amazing things in this world. Like so Star I'm proud Wars, of humans. Star Wars land. Yes. Like Star Wars. Favorite Star land. Wars character. Ooh. Sorry to kind of take your bit, Kayla, but we'll, we'll my, still do questions. Oh, yes. My favorite okay. Star Wars character will always be Han Solo. Yeah. However, nice. I love Rey. In yes. the new, in the three she's new cool. movies, I love she Ray's character. Cool. I think she's cool. awesome. I think Chewie's character is so yeah. just consistently he's loyal. Always, he's just Chewie, and he's just always up for whatever. Yes, Chewbacca Ooh, like was going to be my answer. Can't say Jar Jar Binks because that's everyone's favorite. Yeah, obviously. but especially yours favorite or favorite. <laughs> yes, Jar Jar Binks, Sebulba from Pod Racing, cool guy. You know who that is? Remember that Sebulba? Not yeah, really. he's not really. That's one of the few scenes because Will's five, so we haven't watched any full Star Wars movie yet, yes. but we'll watch little scenes yeah. in his bunk bed when he's going to bed. And that's one of them, the pod yeah. race scene, I'll let him watch. And we probably watch that one scene. And when Sebulba crashes at the end yeah. and he does this goofy screen, yeah. and yeah. Will loses <laughs> it awesome. every time. Well, welcome back to this galaxy. Yes. Thank you. From all Wait, of us at the so After Thoughts podcast. Your favorite, you didn't say your favorite. Oh, well, Chewbacca, but I'll oh, say okay. Yoda. 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 Yeah. Yes. Old Yoda, not the baby Yoda. Not the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. like them both, but the, old the Yoda. The new baby Yoda that everybody everybody's obsessed Grogu. with. Grogu. Oh yeah. Is his name right? Grogu. Grogu. Is that right? Yes. Grogu. Correct. While you guys were in Star Wars land, yes. a yes. couple of important things have happened. Oh, Jacob also was in Florida. A lot of Florida travel. Uh, kind Jacob. of blocking the Afterthoughts podcast. But. Jacob, you went to Universal Studios, is that correct? Yep, Universal, just Universal. Not Islands of Adventure? We did both, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did Okay, both. those are sort of connected. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we did a, what is it, a park pass, a hop? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what What it's was called. your favorite part? Oh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter Bye. world. Okay, Harry speaking Potter of world. Harry Potter. Bye. Okay. This so is going to be controversial. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Probably the most controversial conversation <laughs> oh, no. we've had. But you, yes. guys are, you guys are ready for this. This right here mm. reminds me of the pensive in Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. Is that how you say it? Pensive, pensive. Well, they all say pensive, pensive in the movies, pensive, but they're also pensive. British, so I don't know if we right. if that's just the British way of saying pensive or I if that's always what it's read called. it as pensive. Well, Ryan book. read the books before he saw the movies, <laughs> oh, and he used to think Snape was Professor Snap. <laughs> I called him Professor Snap for years, dude. And years. That's dude, on you. I had There's Doodley e. going instead yeah. of Dudley. Oh was, boy. Yeah. So Doodley and Snap. Professor Snap and Cousin Doodley. My dad read us the first one or two, and uh, like on road trips, he would read yeah. Harry Potter in the car. Yeah. yeah. He said Hermione. <laughs> I used to. I, I, I said, get. I get that one. I read Hermione. It's better than Snap. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Snap is just not understanding how the like a campfire. how the English language works. But this could be a great prop that we use on the podcast to dive into memories, like they do in Harry Potter, into the pensive. Yes. To dive into like uh, sermon clips. Exactly. Let's do it. Like, like let's flash back to, and then, I think this is out. Might be burning this. Yeah. Uh, let's look back at that moment, right? Where, you know, where then, Ethan went down the ladder. <laughs> exactly. For example. And then you dive into it. <laughs> okay. Dive into it. Mm -hmm. I like it. But that is controversial. So let me ask you guys, is oh. Harry Potter okay? Or is he, or is it bad? Is he bad? I, so first off, I, I think the, 
the biggest problem that we fall into here is we take a complicated question and we expect a yes or no answer. And this is our lives. Yes or no, though. To a T. True or yes. Yes is, or true. Is like people always want us to, to give very simple answers to very complex problems. And yeah. for me, this is a huge one um, where I go, Harry Potter is a story that I grew up on. Yeah. Uh, it's a story that all three of us grew up loving. Um, it is how I originally fell in love with storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I just have found so much good fruit from that story and, and falling in love with, with um, all of that along the way. Um, and at the same time, like the Bible is really clear that witchcraft is not something that we should practice, right? And so it's funny because if you say yes to that question, you go, oh, so so you don't take the Bible seriously? <laughs> and if you say no, then it's like, okay, here we go, being legalistic. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we just say, yes, it's an amazing story about uh, uh, love conquering evil and all of that. And also at the same time, like, let's not practice witchcraft. Yes. That's my answer. <laughs> Yeah. Can we go from the kids table at Thanksgiving to the adult table and have an adult conversation go. about it? Yeah. It's always mm -hmm. funny. You know, I imagine somebody commenting on YouTube like Harry Potter is witchcraft, which is evil, period. And yeah. just no room for a conversation. I'm like, yeah. come away from the kids table uh -huh. and come to the grownups table dude, and have a meal and have a conversation about something that is way bigger than just yes or no, because a lot of it has to do with... Um, I think understanding your heart and so what might be okay for somebody might not be okay for somebody else and sure. you have to have the maturity and the self-awareness sure. to know for you. Um, and even that to me sounds legalistic because I would always just say, of course it's fine. Um, I remember when we were reading it, somebody um, in the church got mad at us yeah. because they saw us reading yeah. like when the sixth book came out or something like that mm -hmm. and said, those are evil yeah, young men. Right, right, those right, are, right. And, my, and mom was like a mama bear. Yeah. And she said, my kids are actually reading brilliant <laughs> British literature For instead the first of... Time. I think, yeah, instead of all these other kids are just playing video games and right. watching TV, my kids are reading. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna tell them that yeah. it was a real mama bear moment, was which cool. was cool. Mm -hmm. But I think discerning for yourself, yeah. Um, because let's just acknowledge at Barnes and Noble, there's a growing witchcraft section, right? And mm -hmm. there is a growing right. um, interest and intrigue into the new age and into right. um, spirituality. And not all spiritual stuff is is, is light. A lot of it has mm -hmm. a dark side to it, which just shows people's desperation. Yeah. to be part of something bigger and and think there's got to be more than what I see in front of me but you can you can find that in places you shouldn't be finding that right um, but Harry Potter can also be just a brilliant story yeah. that just like Lord of the Rings has great biblical themes to it mm -hmm. teaches you about uh, humility yeah. bravery friendship Sacrifice. good conquering over evil yeah. yeah laying your life down when Harry walks into the forest at the end, to lay his life down for oh, spoiler alert and sounds he, familiar to another story that I know. Right, it's a yeah, it's a mirror of the biblical story. Lays his life down, dies, comes back, yeah. saves everyone. Yes, yeah. so but Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, are signed off. Oh yeah, by Christians because the authors are known to be Christians. So right, good, man. very similar concept mm -hmm. and story. Harry Potter to me, none of those books are instruction manuals on what you should do. <laughs> no. It's a fantasy story. None of the spells actually work. 
I have met witch I mean, doctors. I don't know. <laughs> I've met witch doctors in my life. <laughs> yeah, been right. in places where there's real witchcraft happening. Right. It does not look at all like what you read no, about no, in no, Harry no, Potter. No. It's not British kids flying around throwing. No, it trying feels to catch a golden snitch. Obviously, no. objectively dark and bad and evil. Yeah, and not great. So, all that to it, say, it does work at Harry Potter world. If you go to Ollivander's to oh, and you get to, picked for the experience, which I got picked to, for the experience. Okay, so so we walk in, <laughs> Doug and Sam and I walk in, and there's like 30 people in the room, most of which are like young kids who are mm-hmm. so excited and like oh, like telling their parents, like, I hope he picks me, I hope he picks me. Yeah. And Ollivander turns around and he goes, What is your name? And there's a, a like an eight-year-old kid next to Doug that's like Frank, and then Oliver just keeps scanning over to Doug and points at Doug and goes, "No, your name." And I'm just like, "The kid? How about the kid? The grown man? Like, I don't. I'm, um, I'm good. My man. name's Doug. So I I get picked, and then I step up, and they recreate the scene where Ollivander talks to Harry in the first movie." And he tries a few different wands, and yeah. some of them don't work, and wands fly off the shelves, and that kind of happened. But oh, that's cool. It wasn't yeah. real magic. Did you tell it the kid, just... you want to know why I get to do this? Because I'm at the adult's table, and I can handle this. <laughs> yeah. You're at the kid's table, so you might think this is real. <laughs> gotcha. But you should be at the kid's table because you're a kid. <laughs> yes. It's so uh-huh. great. At the end, they're like, so did you want to purchase this? And Doug's just like, no. Oh, yeah, dude, they picked me. And then she's like, you, sir, come here. And I got to walk into like the, the, the gift shop before anybody else. <laughs> and I was like, wow, are they going to give me this wand as a souvenir? Because those are like $70. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How much Which money are they making selling these wands? They sell oh, yeah. thousands the, the a day. that they're selling you for $70? <laughs> yes. yeah. There's a and, lot of those. And she Earth. goes, she like, she motions. She's like, sir, come over here. Yeah. You're one of us now. Yeah, and looking at me like, I'm about to hook you up. And she said, you want to buy this one? <laughs> and I goes, said, no. no. <laughs> uh, $70, like you're not going to, you should give this to me. Yeah. Or at least give me a discount on this. Mm. This isn't even the one I would have picked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. She's like, well, this is the one that, you know, you had in this experience that, Cause the light bulb to light up and like, yeah, uh, I'm an adult. Though. I know how this works. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I love the books. I love the stories. I'm a story guy. The story is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just am not at the place in my life right. where I have yeah. $70 to drop on this wand. More importantly, I'm like, even if I was going to buy one now, I'm not because you right. should be giving me this at a discount. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. No. Well, all Anyways. that to say, we had a great witchcraft time. is not something to practice. Nope. Harry Potter is a great story, but if it's not for you, that's fine. Yeah. 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 But do we sign off on? We can use this. Uh oh. <laughs> once it's working again. Uh oh. To get to dive into some memories on the podcast here and there. Yeah. Everyone okay with great. that? Yeah. You know why? I think it's creative, and I think it's funny. It's and funny. Just so everyone, that's why. And, and just so everyone knows, it doesn't actually work. We all <laughs> know that it doesn't do anything. It's work. Just a bowl. We're gonna with some. F- Sometimes we'll occasionally, we'll occasionally we peer into this, but Jacob will edit it in post. He'll yeah, put the yeah. video clip in. Yes. You use we Premiere. Won't go into we won't bowl. be sucked it's into the bowl. editing software. Okay, this is just a bowl. <laughs> and this that is the smart thing. people this invented. Yeah. And these are actual sermon clips from a it previous really sermon like, like that fire. we can still watch on YouTube. Guys, because I'm going to stop using it, I think. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say, should we, yeah, should we, the last thing I'll say about Harry Potter is because back high school, college age, when we were yeah. reading everything yeah. and the movies were coming out, 
that story drew us in yeah. because of the overarching themes, right. because of the good conquering over evil, the sacrifice laying down your life, the sacrifice, yeah. the yeah. stories of unbreakable love, friendship, and yeah. friendship, bravery. And those kids found that they were part of a story that was much bigger than them. Nice. We were drawn to that. And then when the whole um, following Jesus thing happened, mm. soon after that, or right within that, kind of realizing the parallels. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. We are also, and this is not a book, we are also caught up in a story of sacrifice and good conquering evil. And there's a very real evil and unbreakable love. Like this is reality and we're part of it too. Mm -hmm. And there's something in the human soul that is awakened by those themes, yeah. which yeah. J.K. Rowling got from mm -hmm. God, it's a, the ultimate yeah. author of those themes. Right? Yep. Yeah. That story arc is pretty much every story arc. Right. The story of Jesus is yeah. within all exactly. the best stories. Right. Exactly. Okay. Sweet. Pensive. <laughs> Case closed. That was really good. And looking over there, let me just fill you guys in since you were all in Florida. Uh, the Broncos somehow beat the Chiefs. Amazing. Yeah. Shout out to James Keithley and Sam Holman, some of the Chiefs fans I know. Yeah. Uh, James Keithley is a Chiefs fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is? Terrible. Is he from Kansas City? I don't care. <laughs> James. Oh, uh, the Nuggets and Avs both look tremendous they look starting amazing. the season. Nuggets might be better than last year. Avs Man. certainly have a cup run in them. Mm -hmm. Buffs, you know, figuring it out first year. That's Heck okay. Yeah. We're mm -hmm. just figuring it out. Well, you know what time it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All that's Let's go. Questions. Everyone has been Kayla. waiting. We'll make this fast. Questions with we'll make this fast because Halloween <laughs> lightning round. Lightning yeah. thunder sound lightning. effect. Wow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Jacob nice. doesn't even need to do that in post. No, no. no we got it covered. Yep. Best costume you have ever worn for Halloween. <laughs> We're doing a Halloween edition. Wow. Ooh, we, mine's quick. We talked about it, I think, on the very first podcast. It was Underdog, Underdog. Uh, which is a cartoon that I was, I was into back in the day, and people have made fun of me for it ever since, but I stand by it. Yep. Underdog, speaking of Harry Potter, who is an underdog, an unlikely protagonist. Yes. There's a theme there. Yeah, Ryan was underdog, and then the guy, when he said trick-or-treat at the door, the guy looked at him and was like, Hey, happy Halloween. I don't know what you are. Who I think I was who do we got here? I was a fireman. Firefighter and who do we got here? We got a firefighter and then hey, happy Halloween, man. Hey. Cool costume. Um Is this yours a firefighter? No, Reggie Sanders. Oh Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Mom used to make our Halloween costumes That's in one right. year. You were Ron Gant and yeah. I was Reggie Sanders. Uh um, outfielders Reds for the Cincinnati the Reds 90s. back in the nineties. Homemade baseball Dude, uniforms. Yes. That was so fun. I was a, mm -hmm. a big Ken Griffey Jr. guy of oh, we all of were Seattle Mariners, but my mom and aunt made me a Mariner Moose costume, which was yes. the <laughs> mascot guy. That. So I was the Mariner so Moose. you were the mascot instead of Griffey. That's so great. <laughs> Not man. sure why, but I wanted to be the Mariner Moose in fourth grade. It's awesome. All right. Um, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but maybe one that you like. Favorite scary movie. That could also be controversial to people. I am actually not a big scary movie guy. No, no. Don't watch them. Can't watch them. I'll say Scary Movie Three. <laughs> nice. Just because Scary Movie's in the title. Hilarious. I liked Signs when it came out. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's. I think that's a scary movie category. Oh, for yeah. sure. Signs is actually what I was. I was gonna say. I oh there was like maybe a two year. Yeah. Bit there when we were like 
when early you're in like teenage years. Eighth grade. Like the ring came out, signs came so out. You want to watch the Scream movies. I feel like I'd just be terrified for like a week. There's um, not a, ever a day of my life now that I think I, I want to watch a scary movie. Not no, ever. Oh, man. So, no. No, thank you. Well, the one <laughs> Question movie, rejected. <laughs> question rejected. Actually, one movie, When a Stranger Calls. You know what I'm talking about? Where the girl's babysitting? Nope. It's no filmed thanks. in Estes Park. No, thank you. And the call's coming from inside the house. What? I do not Doug? like that. That movie, that movie, what? I was like, this is terrifying because this is like, this could actually happen. Right. That movie's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is So on the scary movie trend, in a scary movie, is it scarier to see the monster or whatever it is or never see it at all? So then you only hear it. Mm. To never see it at all. That's always how evil works, right? Is as long as Whoa. you can stay hidden, uh, then you have the element of surprise and the element of mystery on your side. Um, but as soon as you shine a light in the dark places, you wow. realize that the darkness was never that scary after all. I Yep. I will wow, say the scariest... I'm being so vulnerable here. When wow. a stranger calls, but the so scariest <laughs> scene I've ever seen. <laughs> In the house. The call is coming from inside the house. One <laughs> <laughs> scary movie Doug watched like, two decades ago. No, 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 no. We watched another. I don't know if you call Bird Box a thriller. Oof. I that hated. movie was wild. That movie was well done, but I hated it. We don't. That was probably the only like quote unquote scary movie. I've people watched are like, maybe oh, the last I love decade. scary movies. I'm like, I don't really want to be friends that, with man. you. I feel like I don't trust you. Kill and me. this is this is just uh, proof or evidence of the point that you just made. There's yeah. a scene in the beginning where whatever these demons or whatever is that they're all seeing, you never see it. But the oh. the girl who's with Sandra Bullock in the car. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, and she. I do, I do and the, that. if there's scenes in movies, even if they're not scary movies, where somebody like all of a sudden like we're talking and then I like see something behind you, but uh the camera never shows. It just mm -hmm. sees my eyes and how terrified I am. Yeah. I I think that, like, I hate <laughs> that. That yeah. is scary. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'll, I'll tell you. A, I hate I'll it. I'll tell you a, a scary being that once you saw him walking around talking wasn't so scary was Voldemort in the movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they should have kept him like, hidden. Uh -huh. you're, not, yeah. you're not too scary, man. No, that no. wasn't great. Yeah, but when you don't see it, because when you saw the alien in signs, it was kind of like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could beat you up with a baseball bat, yeah. like Joaquin Phoenix. It was a little scary in the bat when they see the aliens walking in the background from. Yeah, from the oh, yeah. News. When it's like subtle. But that's also in Scary <laughs> Movie Three. Where the, party. the guys like at the party, <laughs> drinking with the guys in the background, <laughs> and then they highlight his face. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Very good, Kayla. Any more questions for yeah. questions yeah. with Kayla? <laughs> yeah. Last one. So brilliant. Um, this one's like a more situational. So, what's the scariest situation you've ever? been in oh, wow. oh. oh boy i mean that could that could be a tearjerker yeah okay and i want to know now um, well like like you've not like yeah i mean <laughs> not like a near-death experience know where to take your this. friends like how serious we want to yeah. take yeah, this yeah 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 okay. not okay. that not okay that. not that okay right. We were at a market in India where all of a sudden we started looking around and it looked like there were different people, like guys watching us all in positions to block us leaving. And we were in the middle. We were right in the middle. And there was like eight different aisles that all and came in the middle. And there was like a, the it was like a overhead. movie where you look yeah. and there's a person looking at you from yeah. every direction. You, yeah, you keep Ooh. turning. We thought we were going to. And none of us have Tyler Rake's skills from 
extraction. Well, I do. You do? Not everybody else, yeah. Man, you've just yeah. never used, like, shown us that. With great power. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Meek, meekness, power under control. Oh, man. Guys, so cannot sorry. help. Technology. AI, <laughs> trying to, even AI is trying to be on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and the other scary situations, that was scary. I, I mean, mean, we would ride those motorcycles around oh, so and scooters and stuff. That we, was always, instead, yep. of, instead of flying from... Burundi to Zambia when oh, we were yeah. doing mission work, we, to save money, paid a captain of a cargo ship, mm-hmm. 20 bucks each to hop on the cargo ship. Yep. And Lake Tanganyika. On Lake Tanganyika. It was a three-day journey. And what they told us as soon as we boarded the ship was the last time the boat made this journey, pirates hit the ship. And yep. so I remember that night just like being a little seasick on the back of the boat, I think you guys were sleeping, and I was just, just looking for the just Jack you know, Sparrow just on the yes on the lookout. I'm like man, seriously, if if pirates show up right now, I don't know what I'll do. Just give them our camera, <laughs> oh, yeah. and that's about all we have. There you go. I'll have to wake up Tyler Rake to handle it. For yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I would be happy to. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Kayla, it's that's great to have you, back. you, know you so Welcome back. Good to have you back. <laughs> at the After Thoughts podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's do some lightning round catch up for okay. this rest of this episode. Deal. Couple minutes on the last three yeah. sermons. Wow. We're Which gonna have to go back have? in time. Pencil. Only. Uh, Ryan, a few weeks ago you talked about apathy. Yep. You told people you are not apathetic, but you are pathetic. Was that the thesis? Yeah, you are a pathetic. <laughs> that was the thesis loser. of the sermon. And, yeah. And then right? we just I prayed and then the worship team came up. It was great. <laughs> No, apathy is a layover. Apathy is a layover. The idea was we weren't created for apathy. We were created to live alive and free. And so there's seasons where we feel apathetic, but it's not a final destination. It's a layover. So I talked about the three things that keep us stuck on that layover, not wanting to board our flight to, to the land of living alive and free. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, it was uh, your, your pain. Ding. Your past. Uh, order, pa- but pa- paperwork, ding, and your past. Good so job. glad you thing, could remember your own sermon, yeah, right? Things that we've like gone through, experienced pain, all of that keeps us stuck in apathy, especially when we don't process it. Mm-hmm. Um, paperwork is a is a huge one. Uh, like life just uh, becomes very complicated very fast. And there's mm-hmm. all these things that we have to do, and it mm-hmm. feels like like you set out to change the world, and then you realize it's just a lot of forms to fill out along the way. And if you're not careful, that paperwork can steal your passion. Oh yeah. Um, and then of course your past. Oh, People yeah. feel so disqualified by their past. Keep <clears> stud. Yeah. So what shakes you out of apathy, personally? Uh, preaching about apathy. There you go. <laughs> That's right. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, I should probably preach a sermon about this. Um, yeah, that was that's my answer. What, okay. what about you? Well, here's one thing you said that stuck out to me: is uh, when when you are offended by passionate people, yeah, that's a good sign that you're probably apathetic, yeah, because it bothers you that they care so much about something, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's probably speaking to something deep down in you that's like you don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like Tim Keller quote you shared, yeah, yeah, that a- apathy, apathy is a greater threat than atheism for Christianity. I think a, Whoa. Yes, a Dude, lot of so Christians okay. are offended or put off by other Christians that are out doing something because it's not how they would do it or they have 
some yeah. disagreement or something. And I'm like, well, at least they're trying. Yeah. At least they care. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of times it's people like Timothy that you talked about. Who yeah. We'd be out in the morning, we'd be in the red light district at the preschool and praying with women and all the stuff he does all the time. Then go to the home of hope with all these children who've been rescued from the red light district. And at night when you are exhausted from a full day, have dinner and yeah. all we wanted to do is put on an episode of The Office or something and just kind of relax. He then went to work on all the paperwork. Mm -hmm. It's those kinds of people I think that are fighting and making mistakes along the way, sure, but the people that are just trying to go change the world with their lives yeah. that shake me again to be like, if it's bothering me the way they're doing something, then that's probably speaking to the fact that I'm not doing anything yeah. or else it's just inspiring to me to it's remember so that good, we, we're all called to that. Yeah, wow. and it's a, a picture of, uh, I think, a, a increasing problem that we have and that I feel in my own life that when we get too self-reflective, like when we get too caught up in how we are doing and self-absorbed and how I'm feeling and my own self-discovery and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. a lot of that is good. It mm -hmm. can also become a trap where you end up thinking about yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. And what Timothy is an example of is someone who never thought about <clears throat> himself. He just wanted to see yeah. people be set free. Yeah. And he just gave is giving his life to, to serving these people. Yeah. And it's interesting that uh, the former leads to apathy a lot of the times mm. and the latter leads to living alive and free. And so yeah. getting out of your own comfort zone and serving other people is the best way yeah. to shake and off. Like apathy. Jesus couldn't afford to be apathetic because the mission yeah. at hand was so great and important. Totally. I asked our staff right after that, we were all sitting the next morning and just asked, you know, what pushes you into apathy more than anything else mm. and what brings you out of apathy more? And pretty much the consensus on both answers was people. Yeah. That people really? can be so difficult. Mm. and getting complaints all the time and critique all the wow. time and everyone, you know, offended by someone else's passion or whatever right. can just push you to be like, I don't care. Like, I'm trying so hard, but all I get back from people is negative mm -hmm. feedback and all that. Mm -hmm. But then everyone's like, what fires them up was a story of like a conversation with somebody in our church that, wow. man, it's clicking and God's doing something or they see this person who's just going and running in their lane and doing this amazing thing to build the kingdom. So it's interesting that somehow... Dude. Jesus managed that tension because oh, so you good, talk about man. people coming at him all the time, which could have pushed him to be like, dude, I wanna, I'm out of gas. I want to give a quick so shout good, out man. to my friend Natalie, who is in a group at our church, and she every once in a while will email, and the, the subject of the email will be some good gossip, mm. and she'll mm. tell me like some, some good gossip she's heard from people about the church or about the podcast. That's but cool. last week she sent me a quote from people from girls in her group that said this afterthoughts podcast nice. to them kind of feels like being in the same small group with oh, us, nice. wow. which is, I thought one of the coolest pieces of mm. encouragement that we could hear and definitely gives you, it even increases my passion, our passion for continuing to create this yeah. as imperfect cool. as it continue, will continue well, to be, you know, I don't well, know. we'll get to perfectionism. <laughs> yeah, I just talked about perfectionism. <laughs> this podcast is pretty perfect. Uh, anything else on apathy for you? What drives you into it or pushes you out of it? Well, I mean, yes to that, but I, I love the segment because we talk about this a lot. Yeah. The segment where you, 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 and you challenge people, say you're stuck in a job that makes mm -hmm. you so apathetic yeah, right. yeah. and you feel like it's not your purpose. Mm -hmm. What do you do about that? Mm -hmm. And what are the steps that you gave? Yeah. So I said, find something that you love, like something that you're super passionate about. You can stay up all night talking about that's step one yeah step two don't quit your job and that one's important <laughs> super important and then step three is get really good at that thing you identified in step one yeah and then i said and what's step four 
That's what people always ask. And I said, don't worry about it. Nobody ever does step three. Very few people actually do <laughs> yeah, step but three. But if you so do step if three, you are somebody that puts in your 10,000 hours and does step three. You watch how doors will start to open for yeah. you. Maybe there's a way to monetize that thing. Or maybe you'll realize that you shouldn't monetize it because mm -hmm. as soon as you do, there'll just be a whole bunch of paperwork that will steal yeah. your passion. Yeah. And so it's always just this thing you do on the side, but it gives purpose and, and meaning to your nine to five job. Yeah, because now, now your nine to five job that used mm. to make you apathetic and steal mm. your passion is now what you're doing to fund your passion project. Totally. And yeah. so all of a sudden now there's purpose to your nine to five dude, and yeah. your, your passion rises with that as well. Yeah. And who knows, maybe you get the blessing an opportunity to eventually quit that job, but when you finally quit that job, it's because the doors are opening for this. Totally. Because I've put the legwork in, and mm -hmm. I've put my energy in, and now things are happening. As opposed to yeah. ending this chapter before you have any mm -hmm. ideas or plans for the next chapter, I think you're gonna find apathy just meets you there as well. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the problem was actually never the job, the problem was you, and the problem's always us and we're always stuck with ourselves wherever we go. Mm -hmm. And so that problem's going to follow us wherever we go, but the solution is, the good news is, we can actually learn to do the, the inner work to, to yeah. heal whatever is causing us to be apathetic in the first place. That's episode. a good way of saying that. I feel like I have conversations with people sometimes where I'm trying to communicate like, hey, a new job is probably not gonna fix this, a new city's not gonna fix yeah. this, a new relationship's not gonna fix this, because you've got something deep down that you're not connected to a real purpose with your life, or you're not seeing your life affect any change or do anything and that's what the holding tank is that you're in so find yeah. what is god put in you to come alive mm -hmm. that's good mm -hmm. the magic you're looking for hashtag harry potter whoa Easy. well Careful. not magic but oh can we bleep that <laughs> the passion there it is the magic of life i don't know no you, oh no, no, no you can't no. say that at all no more Disney for Doug. Is not over <laughs> yeah. the next horizon. Right. It's right. in the ground beneath your feet. Ooh. You need to learn how to dig it up. Yeah. Regardless of where you are right now, there is that passion in the ground beneath your feet if yeah. you will put the work in to dig it up. Yeah. Because you could just run over to that next new horizon, but you never learned how to be where you are mm -hmm. when you were where you are. Yep. So you'll get there, but now you don't know how to be there. Yeah. And, and grab a shovel there. Cause then it's going to be the next horizon after that. I don't yeah, know. Passion's it, one of those what's, things what's that- What's the key to grabbing the shovel? Cause I think if somebody's in an apathetic place, it's like, I know mm. I need to make a move, but I kind of don't want to, cause I don't really care, but I know I should. And I want to, how do you, how do you push somebody? I think you ask God to show you where the significance of your current role is. So I remember, you know, waiting tables at the med in Boulder and wanting so bad to quit. And I'd meet with our friend Chad for lunch every few weeks, and I would just complain to him about this is a, I'm on the, God has me benched right now, yeah. and I can't wait to finally do something that matters. And he said, he said, I think that job you're wanting is coming, but you got to know there's no off seasons with God. Mm, yeah. And you, you're not on the bench. You've yeah. benched yourself. And that's where he, I, I've told you guys this story a lot, but he, he said, you're the lead pastor of the med of that restaurant. Right. You wanna be a lead pastor one day? Well, you gotta see yourself as a lead pastor where you are because yeah. there's eternal significance to be found where you are, you just don't see it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what good. Jesus that's said. So good, man. Jesus said, those who have eyes, let them see. Yeah. And I think there's significance and purpose all around you, regardless of where you are. You just, you don't have the eyes to see it. Exactly. So I think asking God, give me the eyes to see the purpose that's in front of me today. There you go. 
That's it. And just like that, we move to chaos. <laughs> chaos. Chaos, huh? EU spoke about chaos a week ago. And it was your idea. A week and a half ago. Originally. I was trying to think of a topic and Ryan said, oh, you know what you should preach about? Chaos. And I thought, what does that mean? You think about me. <laughs> yeah. And, and funny, but also what it means, I think about you, is we live in a world where everybody... Uh, without knowing it, invites chaos into their world. And I think likes chaos and is mm -hmm. quasi addicted to <laughs> chaos. Um, because mm. as long as our life is chaotic, then we have an excuse for why we're not moving forward. And you are the, the ultimate example um, in my life of somebody who says, no, we're not gonna do that. We're actually mm. gonna set up systems and structure to help us attain the goal that we're looking for. And let's take out any of the chaos that, mm. that we can. So I think you're very good at oh, it, thank you. which is why I, I threw that to you. How was the experience? Well, it was, it was great. I love writing the sermon and the process of it. I love practical, like helping people practically. And I had an interesting conversation with a guy that I referenced like the, later in the weekend, a guy that I love in our church. He's awesome. He wasn't asking in a combative way, but after the sermon, he was on Saturday, he was like, Hey, do you think that the opposite could also be true, like with mm. too much order, that that can be a problem for people? And I said, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's where legalism comes in, where it becomes mm -hmm. our, like everything's in my structure and I have no room. Mm. But I don't think chaos is the right word to say of what maybe we can justify within mm. that. I think there's a, a needed flexibility in following Jesus. There is a mystery to the Holy Spirit that we need to be open to. But this whole embrace the chaos idea, I reject that because I don't think chaos is biblical. I don't think it's what God has for us because he's not chaotic. Right. And so, mm -mm. and also with our church Dude, and- young, I was just gonna say, that would be like a bunch of like people who are very, very unhealthy and never work out and saying like, hey, you guys should start working out. And then someone being like, hey, can't you work out too much too? Right. Like, can't that be a problem? <laughs> it's like, well, right. yes. Well, we'll worry about that we'll when you work that. out too much. We'll get exactly. Well, yeah. that's, we, Let's just start working him, out a him little and I bit. Laughed, him and I laughed about it because I was like, you are correct in the theory of it, in the practical application yeah. of this church, no. Because that's not the problem <laughs> yeah, here. Right. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is not too ordered of a people. No. That can happen for sure. So he's right. But it just brought up an interesting thought in my mind that I watched some videos as I was researching about chaos, even from pastors who kind of were like putting up the white flag of like, you know what? Kind of just part of life is just embrace the chaos and just kind of yeah. live in the mix of it. And I was like, yeah. no, don't, please don't do that. Because yeah. the world looks more and more that way because we allow ourselves and yeah. accept it and use it as a license and excuse to not really move forward. So Dude. it was cool. Uh, I enjoyed, it was kind of a different type of topic, but. Yeah. I even think great. about in Genesis when God tells Adam to reign and rule yeah. over creation right. and he puts him in a garden. And this is all from Garden City by John Mark Comer, but the Bible begins in the garden yeah. and the Bible finishes in Revelation with a city. Mm -hmm. And God creates humanity in this sort of divine, amazing partnership. God, could God do it all? Yes. He decides not to. He decides yeah. to partner with humanity and says, make the rest of the world look like this garden. Yeah. And the garden, I would say, is has a, a, a wildness to it in the sense of adventure, but it's also very ordered. Yeah. Right. And God says to Adam, make the rest of this untamed, mm -hmm. chaotic world look and feel yeah. like this garden. Yeah. Bring order to disorder, yes. reign and rule Dude. over creation. Which back to our purpose question from from the last sermon with apathy, how do you find your purpose? How do you know what your purpose is? It's exactly that. That is Wh it. Wherever you're taking chaos and making it look more like God's kingdom, 
That's yeah. really what purpose is right. all about, eliminating chaos. So you gave us, was it, uh, yeah, was it five, five steps? Five keys to living calm in the chaos. So perspective, know your God. Identity, know yourself. Vision, know your purpose. Those three are biblically given to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff you go to God for, and he's just got for you. That's why you need to spend time every morning with him, right? Yeah. That's where you download those foundations. And then your work is the system to know your plan. You've got to yes. make a plan and invite God into that, and then motion, make your move. So actually make the plan and then live that plan. Go put it into practice. What is, in, in your life in the last couple of years, uh, what is the biggest change you've, you've seen from uh, putting these steps into your life? When I, when I operate in a day where I have things structured out in terms of calendar and priority, to like working together, I'm, I feel like a different person. Like last week, I was in my routine where I get up, spend some time reading scripture, kind of get that perspective, identity, vision for the day. Mm-hmm. Someday, like I had a day where I literally prayed through each event on my calendar that day for each meeting, like mm-hmm. for God's presence and the work I'm doing, all of that. Yeah. Went and did my workout and then came home got the boys up, made breakfast, Steph, you know, we all hung out and then Steph took them uh, to Zeke to school. And then I stepped into work mode and got my phone out and began the day there and then came here. That day versus uh, a day last week where I didn't get up and do my morning routine, I think because it wasn't a work day and I just kind of went with the day. I felt more kind of anxious during the day, more irritable, more frustrated. And so I can experience it in two days, the difference between wow. the plan in motion and how I feel like I'm, I'm overflowing yeah. versus a day where I don't operate with some order in my life and it feels like I'm running on fumes and I don't have anything for anybody else. Wow. Yeah, I love so that. So good, man. And I think a lot of people would, would argue, oh, but then there's no room for spontaneity in your life. Yeah, but there is. Yeah, exactly. To there's that, I would way say more room. you embrace spontaneity and have that fun, spontaneous spirit, maybe more than anybody I know. And yeah. I would say you're better at that when you have a structure to your life Correct. that yeah. spontaneity can interrupt. That's so good. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you don't feel stressed out when that happens because you know things are in check, right? Like when I worked with our buddy, Matt, we were doing creative projects and he was like, let's track how much time we're spending on these. Let's calendar. Like he's a very organized person. And this was before I'd really, he, he taught me a lot of this. Yeah. And I was like, no, dude, we're like making creative stuff. We don't need to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, watch what happens if you try some of this, we're how much spirits. more creative you'll be. <laughs> yeah. And so I found that to be so true because I wasn't stressed anymore because I knew things were in the right place. And then I felt the freedom of time where I could get creative and have spontaneous. Same thing is when I get home after a day that's been like the plan has run and some things have gone the way I planned and some haven't, but I can close that off and go be spontaneous and jump on the trampoline with my son and just have fun and not have a plan. And I feel way less stressed out doing that because yeah. my days, it's happened, you know, like I've, I've had order to it. I'm not feeling like I get home and I'm drowning wow. in a mountain of too many things that I just couldn't keep track of. Okay, do this That's for a so second good, for man. the person who's listening right now and would make the argument, um, I just don't have the time. I don't have enough time in my life. I love how you you sort of step into the arena and challenge and almost like in a, in a coach kind of way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push back on you saying that you just don't have the time right. to spend time with God yeah. or to fill in the blank, to work out, to whatever yeah. it is. Um, for that person listening who's like, please, somebody awaken some passion in me, mm. challenge me out of my apathy right now in regards to their time management, mm. what would you say to that person? 
the tension always feels like I don't have enough time to plan out my time. Like, yeah, I'd love to sit down and do that, but I need to be doing the things that I'm supposed to be planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess the incentive would be you're going to live in survival mode of time for the rest of your life until you stop for an hour and decide I'm going to be in control of this mm-hmm. and put some structure to this. Um, it's something that like once you start to experience it, I think that you're like, oh, okay, I understand this. But when you're before that, you kind of reject it because it sounds boring or it sounds like too much work or I'm not really good at that. So I'd say to some people, maybe there's somebody in your life or there's even life coaches and people that can literally help to structure out your calendar. Yeah. The fruit of it will be so much calm and peace. Yeah. And not feel like the same. I use money as the analogy, you know, like the same way as when you swipe your card and you feel stressed out all the time. The difference of that feeling versus when you swipe your card or a bill comes and you go, that's fine. I'm not stressed because that's in my budget. Yeah. I already knew that money was going there. Right. So that's no big deal. Right. That freedom, that peace is possible and you have the time to do it, but you have to take the time to plan the time. I've heard it said with that, you actually multiply your time. So let's say, let's say it comes to bill paying and you sit down every single month and you, you know, manually pay that bill. As opposed, and that takes you 30 minutes, mm-hmm. as opposed to what if tomorrow you sat down and you took two hours yep. to automate it? Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. that took you 90 more minutes than yeah. it would have taken you just to pay it, but now you're buying yourself 30 extra minutes every single month. Yeah. And so you are, you are multiplying your time by just putting in more time upfront to make everything more yeah. efficient. I think the people I know that are the most efficient and free, because efficiency, a lot of times people associate with like cold people that just right. get their work done. Okay. They weekly <clears throat> calendar mm-hmm. and budget, mm-hmm. money, all that stuff. Like they have a weekly time where they zoom back out mm-hmm. and put those things in place. Quarterly assess the system of, okay, how's my time budgeting and calendaring working? Are there areas in my life that I'm stressed out about or on my bills? Is there some area in my budget that I budgeted this much, but we're in the red here and what do I need to adjust? And then every year, setting vision to all of that and zooming all the way out, like going away or spending a full day, not in the work, but vision for the year and then starting to rebuild the system or start whatever it is. And that will help you sleep so much better. Yes, I feel like there's such a chaos sort of haunts you in a subtle way at night while you're trying to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Your life is disordered and chaotic. And there's something when your head's on your pillow at night in the back of your mind that's going, there's dollars in my life that I don't know where they're going. Yeah. There's time in my life that I know is being wasted. There's precious resources I, and I feel like it's slipping through my fingers and I don't have control over things I should have control over. Yeah. And so just taking some time. And there, there comes a point in life where you can't just claim being disorganized as like a personality type. <laughs> no, correct. Oh, I'm not a correct. morning person. Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not yeah. an organized person. Yeah. Oh, I'm just not good at time. I'm just not good at money. Well. That's not a personality type. You don't get to claim that. Right. You, right. There's, there's ways now to learn all of those things and become all of those things for your own sake. And put put yeah. order where there's disorder. And okay. as long as, so long as you say that, that will be true. Exactly. I'm not a morning person. So you're not a morning person mm-hmm. and your days are always stressed out and you lose yeah. the first couple hours of your day yeah. where things could be happening. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, yeah, I think that especially if you're responsible for other people too. You know, that's what I loved about the story of Jethro and Moses, where Jethro's like, dude, you've got a responsibility as a leader here. Yeah, You gotta get yourself in shape. You gotta build a plan that's gonna actually work for you and your peace, but for the peace of these people yeah. as well. And, I, and chaos is probably a generational, perpetual thing that we just 
continue to teach to the next generation. Yeah. Because most people don't grow up maybe in homes with peace and calm. It's chaos, yeah. chaos, chaos. And so it's just kind of a learned behavior. So it really does take like, I'm going to step outside of my life for a second and yes. put this into check uh-huh. and start to put some things in order. And once you do, you kind of start to really want that to it's be your the, practice all the it's time. It's the yeah. same way in the garden to bring that full circle when God told Adam to reign and rule over creation. Mm-hmm. Part of creation is time. So you you have authority over your time. Yep. You just have to start acting like it. Correct. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tithe your time, budget your time, prioritize your time, execute your calendar. I love yeah, it. What did you, you say the, the most spiritually alive people I know? Are the most practically ordered. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I true, know man. there's people sitting there like, oh, this is a how-to on like leadership and time management and stuff. I'm like, this is a how-to this is how to actually have effective time with God yeah. and be an effective person for the kingdom. How about the fact that God is just practical? Yeah. Right. We don't... Right. I think the most... The, the person who claims to be the most spiritual or acts like the most spiritual yeah. would not think for a second that God is actually a very practical and ordered God. Right. He has systems. You said oh, the yeah. system delivers your vision. Right. You won't rise to your vision, you'll fall to your system. Yeah. God is the creator of systems from yep. all the your respiratory system, your yep. circulatory system, all the way to the, the solar, solar system, system and yeah. everything mm-hmm. in between. He is a God who is ordered. Yep. Yeah. He's a God who gets things done. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it. And just like that, we finish with perfectionism. Yeah, preach on perfectionism mm. this weekend. Um, I think it was the perfect sermon. So, yes. Wow, what do we think? Perfect. I think people should just stop listening 10. to this and go listen to that. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> it is, it's funny. It's, it's um, difficult to write a sermon on perfectionism because all three of us, we really do try to perfect our craft mm. and we're far from it, but we, we think and overthink and overthink and overthink. And you know that feeling where it's like, everybody will say like great sermon, but in the back of your mind, you're like, I missed that joke over there. That part got out of order. No, I have no idea what, you, what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. So it's been a, a good practice for me uh, about a hundred different times in the last few days to surrender that and be like, mm-hmm. no, it, was, it wasn't the perfect sermon. It was the sermon it was supposed to be. And so I'm just gonna leave it there. Mm. And the six o'clock was the six o'clock and the nine o'clock was the nine o'clock yeah. and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I talked about perfectionism and um, how it, the psychologists say there's three different types of perfectionists. Um, self-oriented is putting the standard of perfectionism on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a second is feeling like the world is putting that perfect, that standard of per- perfect on you. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have a spotlight on you and everyone's mm-hmm. saying, just be perfect. Yeah. And then the third is uh, expecting perfect from the rest of the world. Mm. And so that type of perfectionist is going to find it very hard not to judge people yeah. and, and not to get like very highly critical of everything because they have a standard of perfection for other people. And so I wanted to break that down um, and show people that, that we all have a little bit of this in us in different ways, but we live in an imperfect world. And so my line was expecting perfect in an imperfect world is a recipe for endless frustration. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear how that sermon hit both of you. Yeah. I, I think that last point you just made when it feels like you can kind of just release and step back for a second and remember that, even though it's, we all know that, mm-hmm. but you just get in that mode where you expect that, you want that, you want everything to be right. I wonder too, mm-hmm. if like, because of cameras, 
starting way back all the way to social media now, if that's just like grown worse in us because like nothing is just, it happened and no one will remember it exactly how it happened. Everyone can watch everything you do basically and critique yeah. one little thing you say wrong or you know whatever it is. And so yeah. it's like this kind of sickness I feel like in myself at times where I want everything to be aligned right. You're playing chess and you're like, that, yeah. this is flawless, all the moves I'm making right here. Yep. Yep. But that yep. never really actually happens. Yeah. And then, so one of the main points was it steals our presence, mm -hmm. it steals our ability to be present. Yeah, where, sure. like, like, even right now in this moment, we have cameras on and this will, will live on. Um, yeah. And dozens of people will watch it. People. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's so hard because I, I want to just be present here with you two as we have a conversation. Also, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm going, wait, are people going to interpret that one thing I said this way or that yeah. other thing that way? You know what I mean? Totally. And as soon as you start playing that game, you're no longer being present with your right. friends. You're overthinking they something because of perfectionism. He's a wizard. <laughs> uh, you're a wizardy. For, for me, I am, I'm a huge experience, like moment guy. Like I uh -huh. want something I think up to be perfect in like a party or a meal. Yeah. And I visualize it in my head in such a way that when that's not the reality that's happening, even if everybody's still having a great time, it like bothers me and I can't fully enjoy it because I'm like, oh, but this was supposed to happen yeah. or you were supposed to be here or whatever. Instead of just embracing, oh. like set the table for it to be the perfect moment oh. and then remember that it won't be. But yeah. it's going to be great because yeah. everyone there will not know all the things you planned and that mm -hmm. it, this didn't go that way. Do you remember back in May, was that when we had baptism? Yeah. 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 When we were, it was like maybe the 9 a.m. service and there was a young lady whose video testimony yeah. was playing and then oh, it stopped yeah. working. Yep. And then the, there was something weird with the audio and mm -hmm. the video and it had mm -hmm. to be reset and our microphones weren't working and there's... 700 people, 800 people in the room, her friends and family, this big moment. And Perf her perfect moment. Perfect right. moment, and yeah. nothing is working. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was like this invitation to create within the imperfection. Right. Yeah. And we started talking really loud <laughs> to an entire auditorium and yelling mm -hmm. yeah. because we didn't have microphones yep. and making the point, you know, this is the same thing for people with weddings. They put right. all this work oh, in yeah. and then you don't even enjoy it. You're not even present because you're yeah. so worried about all the details going right yeah. that you completely miss it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you could just release that mm -hmm. and and understand at the end of this wedding, you're gonna be married. And for that reason, this will be perfect. perfect. It'll be right. imperfectly yeah. perfect. And, yeah. then, and then sort of creating a new moment and saying this video didn't work, but this baptism stood yeah. out. Good. Among right. all okay. the other moments of today because of everything right. that went wrong. Yep. And we ended up creating with her like this really cool moment and the band got in on it and yeah. everybody rallied and started like yeah, that's right. cheering for her yeah. and it ended up being awesome. this baptism that was even better. Totally. Yeah. Wedding is such a good example of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. How many of the couples that like we meet with before their wedding or even seeing them there and you can tell they're kind of like not really there because they're too worried. I'm like, if somebody comes up to you after your wedding and they're like, yeah, I didn't think the table settings were great. It's like, why were you here then? Yeah. You shouldn't be at my wedding. That's what your takeaway was, you know? <laughs> yeah. But nobody noticed, like nobody cares no. and there's a great thing to details and all those kinds of things. But the sure. perspective sure. that so quickly gets lost because of the perfection that's expected, yeah. that's that's the problem. Yeah, I gave a shout out to the perfectionists in the, the middle of the sermon. 
Um, because actually a perfectionist is just someone who's pursuing excellence mm. and scripture makes it clear that the pursuit of excellence is actually a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Think like Daniel and Daniel six. Totally. Um, he like right. so distinguishes <clears throat> himself and all that. The problem is the enemy will use that pursuit of excellence and twist it into mm-hmm. needing perfect. And again, yep. expecting that perfect in the imperfect world is a recipe for endless frustration. And so the, the, the game is to pursue excellence and at the end of the day, just laugh right. and realize that nothing's ever going to be perfect this side of eternity. And perfectionism can sometimes be, it can be a defense mechanism mm. to never be content kind of, or never let anybody around you be content yeah. because mm-hmm. it's this demand that's impossible. Right. So that oh, like you, can, I'm sure at companies that's very prevalent of like some people that probably lead that way to make everybody continue to always have to try harder yeah. and try harder and try yeah. harder, mm-hmm. and you may get a little more out of them, but it probably leads to being really unhealthy over time. Versus, yeah, we're gonna strive for excellence, but also release yeah. perfection at the same time. Yes, mm-hmm. let's learn to celebrate how far we've come. Constant. We have to remind ourselves. We reminded ourselves yeah. of that yesterday <laughs> yeah. in a meeting with the three of us. Like, totally. Let's look back yeah. and celebrate moments in in this year instead of being perfectionist. Yeah. Because in I, what we do, I think peace actually does come from perfection. Yeah. You think about it for a second. I remember making this joke years ago about like the get the family room mm-hmm. in most of our homes growing up. If you were lucky enough to have a family room where nobody. It was, it was a living room, but it wasn't for living. It was for looking. Oh, you yeah. didn't go into that room unless it was Christmas morning. Yeah. You do not wear shoes and onto that carpet. The pillows are perfect. Yeah. Yep. And mom and dad can like steal away from the chaos and craziness of raising kids and look at their perfect vacuum lines on the carpet and think for a second, we're not crazy. <laughs> we are in control of our lives. <laughs> and you feel a little bit of peace because yeah. there's some perfection yeah. that gives you that peace. Yeah. And so I actually think perfection does give you peace. It's just realizing you need to make sure you're looking to the right source for that perfection. That's so good. And yeah. you actually have yeah. all the perfection you need for all the peace that you could ever want mm-hmm. in Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Which on the church side, I think that is something that probably leads a lot of perfectionism in churches because you feel, I mean, this is the most important thing in the world. Yeah. The most important thing in this life is people coming to know Jesus. And so I want my sermon to be perfect. If something's not perfect, perfect. then we're letting that mission down in a way. Right. But that's when you have to stop and go, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Who's got the keys to this in the end? And who doesn't even need us to do this? Right. God. God. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) the the key takeaway verse, and if you're, if you're, uh, a perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist, uh, memorize this verse this week, Hebrews 10, 14 where the writer of Hebrews says, for by one sacrifice, which is what Jesus did on the cross, perfect sacrifice, laying down his perfect life, took him who knew no sin to become sin that we may become the righteousness of God. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect. Mm -hmm. So you have been made perfect forever. And then he says, those who are being made holy. And I love it because it's both sides of the coin. You're already perfect and you're a work in progress. Mm -hmm. You have permission to be messy. You have permission to get things imperfect. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, he covers your sin perfectly. And so you've already been made perfect. Now you wake up every morning with the intent to become more holy and to look more like Jesus. From the perfection you already have, not for it. There it is. So good. Well. Cool. Well, 
Kayla, any last thoughts here on the Halloween special of the Afterthoughts podcast? No, you guys did great. You got through three. <laughs> three and one. Yeah, three, three and one. one. That was pretty good. Wow, the tri- triple threat I'm episode. Really proud of you guys. As it is, it will live in infamy. <laughs> yes, it will. Talked about Harry Potter too. Spooky. Can't wait for the comment. No longer watching the Afterthoughts podcast. Thanks to your Harry Potter conversation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no and problem. that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But if you are going to continue to watch the Afterthoughts <laughs> podcast, share it. Yes. Maybe these past two weeks without it has reminded a few people like, I actually do enjoy this. Yeah. I'm, I like this podcast. <laughs> I'll call out Tyler Hines, who always That's right. Always listens. Shout and out said, to Tyler. You know, I got, on, I got in the car to drive and I realized there wasn't an episode. And I thought, you love this, Tyler. Thanks for listening, you love Tyler. Tyler. You'll, never, you'll never say it, but you love but this you so do. much. <laughs> <laughs> Tick, we have a TikTok afterthoughts. TikTok dot podcast. Afterthoughts dot podcast. It's great to be back with you guys. Yes. I say we do it again next week. Let's do it. Keep it running. <laughs> Woo! Happy Halloween, Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Spooky. In the books. Mm-hmm.